Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. You know what's going on in this country. There's a big fight. Should we give 2,000 people $2,000 to every single American that makes under $75,000, a couple under $150,000? That's the question. It's a big deal. Oh, my God. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. How can we possibly afford that? Well... We're going to get into that. I want you to stay with me. If you're just joining us for the first time, if you're just joining us for the second time, the third time, no matter what, please go ahead and share. Please, we need folks to share because after writing a blog post at the Daily Coast where I stated that this was the right thing to do, where I stated that, yes, Nancy Pelosi did the perfect thing, I started to get responses like, I don't need $2,000. 80% of Americans didn't lose any money with, from their jobs. But we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I asked the however. We're going to get into some other things first. And then we're going to go to Nancy Pelosi's speech, which I cleaned up some. But I wanted you to hear. Because for once, it wasn't just antiseptic. For once, she really put salt in the necessary wounds. Well, not the wounds. She actually opened wounds and put salt in them because the immorality of what these people are doing during this pandemic is, is something that progressives and Democrats, in my humble opinion, have not been calling out appropriately, have not been doing it in a manner that Americans understand that this is a party, the Republic, the, the Democratic Party, progressive people, or folks that are willing to fight for you, or folks that are going to go out there and say, no, this system does not work for you, and we are going to show you how this system works for you. Welcome aboard, Breeze MCP. Welcome aboard, Michael Smith. Great seeing you guys here. So we're going to do that. So the title of the show today, the title of the show today, and let me get that on screen before I switch. The title of the show is, Nancy Pelosi knocks GOP senators. The $2,000 stimulus debate is about morality and empathy. Nancy Pelosi really handed it to GOP senators today. She called out the lack of morality. We discussed the core of the $2,000 stimulus and quite a bit more. But anyhow, folks, I w the phone lines are also open. And I, what I think I better do is go ahead and throw them in there as well. If anybody wants to call in... And make some comments. I'll be more than happy to uh, to hear your comments. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Let me go ahead and put that in there to tell you. You can either come to us over your telephone line or Zoom. And here is the information to get to us. The telephone number is 346-248-7799. Again, that is 346-248-7799. You can call in. The code to get in is 600 90, I'm sorry, 254-600-9091 is the code to get in. But the telephone number, 346-248-7799, and I have it on the screen. Welcome aboard, Teresa Morrison. Welcome aboard, Motis Hayek. Welcome aboard, Michael Smith, Bridge MCP. All right, folks, uh, yesterday we had two videos that I wanted to show you. I didn't get to show you. So um, I wanted to show you one from a historian, what he thought about Donald Trump. And then after that one, I'll go ahead 
and show you one on <laughs> good old Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania um, Republican, uh, uh, not Republican, Pennsylvania uh, Lieutenant Governor, and then we'll move on from there. But anyhow, check out what the historian had to say about our brother Trump. I continue to wonder, what is it that makes anyone take Donald Trump seriously? I mean, is he going to be one of the great presidents? No, he's going to be the worst president. Well, of course he's going to be the worst president. Why? He was completely incompetent and he should never have been there. That was one of America's greatest mistakes. Let's listen to Michael Veshlaff and then we'll take it on the other side. When you study the biographies of these men, do you come across them openly talking about their legacies and wondering how history will judge them? Yes, they do. And, but they do it in terms of, you know, what, what can I do to make this country better so that 50 years from now people will say, this is something that this president did that was distinctive and maybe he did it against his own selfish political self-interest. Uh, hard to think of a case where Donald Trump has ever done that. And also, Harry Truman once said he couldn't imagine a president who does not read history because the only way a president, he said, can get any benefit from all the successes and failures of earlier presidents and earlier citizens is to know where they succeeded and failed in history. He said that every reader will not be a leader, but every leader must be a reader. If Truman came back and saw a president as completely ignorant and indifferent to history as Donald Trump, I think he would have been shocked. Michael, aren't you being unfair to Donald Trump? He says he studied history and he's the best president since Lincoln. Well, I'm the king of Romania, man. When do we go beyond saying Donald Trump is among the worst presidents in history and say with days to go till he leaves office, he's basically the worst? Well, a historian has to always account for the possibility that 50 years later a president would look better in some ways than he did to his own generation. That having been said, Donald Trump is not going to change the record. He was largely responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans who did not need to die. Millions of others who suffer from COVID who did not need to suffer. An economic calamity that is afflicting people tonight in a way that is not going to be alleviated by $600 or $2,000 while the president sits in Palm Beach and the vice president sits in Vail on a ski slope and the secretary of the treasury is in Cabo San Lucas in Mexico. This is really Nero's fiddling while Rome burns. Enough said. Absolutely, there will be no rehabilitation on Donald Trump's record. Donald Trump is responsible for over 300,000 people dead in America. Donald Trump is responsible for pilfering the middle class. Donald Trump is responsible for transferring the wealth of many to a few. Donald Trump is responsible for changing regulations that have polluted this entire envir the entire environment throughout the country. Yes, there's no, there will be no rehabilitation of who Donald Trump was. And for any minor success that one may think he had, it is all superseded by the evil he inflicted on too many in this country. We Absolutely so, absolutely so, absolutely so. Anyhow, folks, um, I just went ahead and put inside of the, uh, the, the, both the, the feed, both on uh, YouTube Live and as, as well. Uh, let me see, is that on YouTube Live? Yeah, it's on YouTube Live. Facebook Live, uh, Periscope Live, as well as Twitch, the link to join us tonight for our Zoom chat. We have quite a few sign-ups already. Um, so come on, join us, and let's have a big Zoomer tonight. Uh, tonight at 8 o'clock, so 8 o'clock Central, that is. 8 o'clock Central. Let me make sure that it's 8 o'clock. It's 8 o'clock Central, right? I'm pretty sure it's 8 o'clock Central. If not... I am the one hosting it, so it better be 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. Central time. So please go ahead and sign up so that I can see you and, and allow you in because that is how we do it here. So again, please, please, please sign up for our Zoom tonight. What are you going to be able to do on our Zoom tonight? You can say things like, Egberto, I didn't like the way you covered this. Or Egberto, I want you to cover this. Or Egberto, let me hear it. You know, I mean, I'm going to give. A, I'm going to start the program with telling you all about us, what we're doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I want to open it up for you guys to start talking, telling, either talking to me or talking to others, but saying the things that we want to accomplish, some of the things you want me to do this year. I'm going to tell you some of the things that we expect to do 
Uh, notwithstanding the pandemic uh, continuing at the pace that it's at, we kind of think it's by the summer we'll be able to do some of our net root stuff, which means we can travel and start doing our, our remote um, remote broadcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll see. We hope. We can hope. Can we? We can hope. Anyhow, the second video that I want to show you is the one that I was to show you last night again. You know, right now everybody's talking about, the, I mean, not everybody, but the Trump people, fraud, 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 fraud. In fact, we have a, a senator from Missouri that's going to object to the call on, the, on, on January 6th. He's going to object to the counting of the electoral votes on January 6th because there's fraud and they're, they're doing name matching in Georgia right now. And out of 15,000 votes, they found two errors. And the error were uh, innocent errors, not anything that could be uh, charged or prosecuted. So we know it's all a sham. Donald Trump has been raising a lot of money from this sham, and that's what's going on. So before, uh, one more video before we do the Pelosi video and before we start talking about the $2,000 and why it is that, you know, Americans deserve the $2,000 and a hell of a lot more. A hell of a lot more. And we have, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I wrote a piece that, well, we'll talk about that later. Let's go ahead and listen to uh, Governor, this Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania. We did a piece a few weeks ago where the secretary, uh, or rather the lieutenant governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, decided to make a deal. Or he came out and he said, if anybody can find fraud, I will give them up to a million dollars per fraud or something to that effect. Well, soon thereafter, the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania did find fraud. And he said, I want to collect my money. I found two people who attempted to vote it uh, fraudulently. Unfortunately, those people were attempting to vote for Donald Trump. Well, it gets even better now because it is extended to the fraud that we're actually finding. Tell you about projection. Tell you about projection. Check, check this out. The Texas Lieutenant Governor, Dan Patrick, who has offered a million-dollar reward in support of, quote, President Trump's efforts to identify voter fraud in the presidential election and his commitment to making sure that every legal vote is counted and every illegal vote is disqualified. It's worth noting that the reward was not limited to election fraud found in Texas. And within hours of making that offer back in November, Lieutenant Governor Patrick's counterpart in Pennsylvania had something. And since then, uh, Fetterman's claim to that reward has apparently only gotten stronger. Both of the people he mentioned have since been charged with voter fraud. On top of that, he's found another instance of a man casting his dead mother's ballot on behalf of Trump. That person is also facing voter fraud charges. And as for Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, he's still waiting for Lieutenant Governor Patrick to make good on his offer. Let's check in on how that's going. Joining us now, John Fetterman, the Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, good to see you. Thank you for being with us. I take it you haven't heard from uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick of Texas. Uh, not, not recently. I, I heard from him uh, early on saying for me to get serious. And I'm like, hey, my dude, you know, where's, where's, where's my money? You know, and the good news I can report from Pennsylvania is that uh, President Trump received 100 percent of the dead mother vote here in our Commonwealth during this last election. So <laughs> we have three cases of voter fraud, three cases, despite what the president tweeted out earlier today. Uh, the only documented cases of voter fraud in Pennsylvania were these three cases. And my dude in Texas owes Pennsylvania a big Big bank. Well, so Donald Trump tweeted today that more votes were cast in Pennsylvania yeah. than there are voters. He's, he's trying every version of this possible. Obviously, yeah. you're the well, lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. You, you'd know if that's the case. Well, of course. And let me give you the background on that nonsense. 17 snake handlers out of the Pennsylvania House, just 17 uh, of them, not one state senator, not even the state party owns this. Some uh, random uh, House members sent out this this ridiculous, uh, uh, you know, like simp tribute to the president. And, of course, the president would retreat any anything that uh, tries to cast out on the election. There is zero fraud in Pennsylvania, save for these three cases that brought us here together tonight for this conversation. They know that. The president knows that. Joe Biden is going to be the next president. Everyone knows that. Everybody knows that. But again, he's still waiting for Dan Patrick to pay him because all the voter fraud that he found, he did find voter fraud, 
but the voter fraud was in favor of Donald Trump. They wanted to vote several times for Donald Trump, and uh, Donald Trump has unanimously won the dead mother's vote in Pennsylvania. We yes, he won the dead mother's vote in Pennsylvania. So whenever your friends are telling you, there's voter fraud, there's voter fraud, there's voter fraud, tell them, yes, yes, there was voter fraud. Donald Trump got a lot more votes than he expected to get because there was vote. Look, I'm on a, look, I don't, you know, I only deal with facts. I only deal with things that are proven. But I want to ask all of you a question. Um, if you take a look at the vote totals, right? I know why Donald Trump is so pissed off. Donald Trump is pissed off because he knew there was a possibility that he was going to get more votes than Hillary Clinton got. Okay, I want you guys to go down this rabbit hole with me because I have no proof for it. But based on what Donald Trump is doing, I don't think it is at all uh, hard to kind of visualize this alternate reality that's unproven. And note, I'm telling everybody, I am just thinking aloud. And this, these kinds of thoughts came through my mind. We're going to Nancy Pelosi in a minute, but I need to, to, to bring this up to you guys and throw this out there. Donald Trump got more votes than any other president in this country except for Joe Biden. He got more votes than, than Nancy Pelosi. He got more votes, if I recall correctly, than, than, than uh, Obama, etc. Of course, the population has grown, etc., etc., etc. But I want you to think about this. Where the hell did all these people come from? Can we really have this many evil people? Can we have this many people that it doesn't matter to them that this man had people in chains, in cages, that this man didn't uh, cut, uh, uh, allow uh, the coal companies to throw ash in rivers and pollute waters with mercury, that, that somehow it didn't matter that this guy held on to women's private parts, that somehow this guy denigrated women. Do you really, really think that, uh, you know, there are 74 million people that voted for him. And let's assume that it's just half, but it's probably a little bit more than half. Half of those were women. Do you really think there are women out there, that many women out there, that will vote for a character like this? And the sureness, I, I remember all through this, this uh, election, I had people on the right who absolutely knew something I didn't. They constantly told me, Egberto, you just don't know. Wait, it's going to be a landslide for Donald Trump. You just don't know it's going to be a landslide for Donald Trump. And I kept on thinking, and these are a lot of people also in the know, right? So I figured these guys are delusional. They don't know what they're talking about. But here's the reality. If Biden had pulled the number of people that Donald Trump pulled, I mean, that, that Hillary Clinton pulled, and Donald Trump won the amount of votes that he knew he was going to win, that he knew he was going to win, it would have been a landslide for Donald Trump for real. I want you guys to understand that. This election uh, from the Electoral College, Donald Trump won the Electoral College by a larger margin against Hillary Clinton than he won the elect than, than Biden won the electoral college against Donald Trump. Donald Trump came 44,000 votes away from winning this election at the same time losing the popular vote by 7.1 million people. That's how undemocratic this country is. That is how skewed we are. But it almost happened. Absent Donald Trump winning Georgia, Arizona, and the other, uh, if he had lost Georgia, Arizona, and, uh, and, and, and Wisconsin, Donald Trump would be president today. Because it would have been a 269-269 tie. And, and, and guess what else? The, 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 there are more Republican states than Democratic states, even though we have a lot more people in Democratic states. We dodged a bullet, but we are heading into constitution. If we don't, if we are not successful in talking to people and letting people vote their interests, if we are not 
allowing the electoral college is going to be the demise of this country because eventually uh, we are going to continue to increase our margins, 7 million, 10 million. But nobody's moving to Indiana. Nobody's moving to all those places. They're moving to California. They're moving to Texas, which is going to not flip right away, but they're moving to all, they're mostly moving to a lot of these other states. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in D.C., and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or ticket. And it ain't going to be them, the blue wall. It ain't going to be Pennsylvania. So it is important that we succeed in what we're doing. It is important that we start, remember what I always talk, it's worth it. When I talk about it's worth it to talk to other people, that is what I'm talking about. Because the structure of this country allows for minority rule. And we are already under minority rule. We can get under super, super minority rule if things continue the way they are right now. I'm going to play the Nancy Pelosi video, but before that, let me do my, my call, and then we'll finish the program out with Nancy Pelosi and all that other stuff. But don't forget, folks, my book, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. And how do you get that book? Please go to Amazon if you want to. I'm putting the link in there. There is the link for the Amazon book. You can buy it at Amazon. You can get all my books at Amazon. You can get that book as well as my other book, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. And guess what? That one you learn a lot of the economy in very easy terms as well. Uh, and and if, you, if you want to cut out the middleman, let's say you want to cut out the middleman, just go directly to our store and get, that, uh, get the book. Uh, and you can also get our other books as well. Um, boy. I don't got to answer that one right now, my friend. Anyhow, you can also uh, become, if you're on YouTube right now, click the join button. Be a part of our posse. Be a part of our YouTube posse. If you're not on YouTube right now, if you're another channel, here's the link. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. And join our YouTube posse. It's worth it. I tell you, we have a lot to do. Tonight we're having our uh, big, big, uh, our Zoom chat, end of year chat today on Zoom. You can support our program as well by going to Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or you can support us via PayPal. That is politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Okay, let me go ahead and play the Nancy Pelosi video now, and then we'll talk about the $2,000 stimulus thereafter. The Democrats and Republicans in the House have passed that legislation. Who is holding up that distribution to the American people? Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans. Democratic leader Schumer yesterday asked for unanimous consent to bring it up in the Senate, which was blocked by Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate. In blocking it, they are in denial of the hardship that the American people are experiencing now, health-wise, financially, in every way. Their lives and livelihood, in many cases, are on the brink. So they're in denial of that need in denying this benefit. I do hope uh, that in the days ahead, we only have a few days left in this session, uh, that they will see the light and understand what the suffering, the suffering that is going on in our country. Now, I've said before, it's amazing to see the patience that some people have with other people's suffering. These Republicans in the Senate seem to have an endless tolerance for other people's sadness. We urge Mitch McConnell to stop his obstruction and to bring that legislation to the floor of the Senate. And we urge Republicans in the Senate 
to encourage him to do so. It's really important to note the how important this money in the pockets of American people are. If they have the resources, they spend it, they inject demand into the economy, that is job creating. It's important to note that with the bill that we passed last week that the president signed brought us up to a nearly a trillion dollars for small businesses in our country. We know that small business is the lifeblood of our economy. The most optimistic thing you can do is to start a small business, your hopes and dreams, your ideas, your vision. But for those small businesses to take advantage of that money, they have to have customers. It's not enough to keep the doors open if nobody's walking through. And that's why these direct payments are so necessary. And for those small businesses to thrive, they must have services provided by state and local government. Our health care providers, our heroes, transportation, sanitation, first responders, police and fire, our teachers, our teachers, our teachers. And that's why in this next session of Congress, in the new Congress with a new president, we must pass legislation that not only honors our heroes, but recognizes the services that they provide enable our lives to function, our businesses to thrive, our economy to prosper, and our people to be healthy. So that will be a very important part of what we do next. You would think that there would at least be the immediate recognition that the money in the pockets of the American people helps those small businesses thrive. This $2,000 will go a long way, not only to sustain the financial security of America's working families, but will help a small business to thrive as well. We, all right. Um, I did, I, I, I wrote up an article for the Daily Coast. I'm a contributing editor to the Daily Coast and to Op-Ed News. Actually, I'm a senior editor at, at, um, uh, at uh, Op-Ed News. But here, here's the thing. I wrote this article. I'm going to read parts of it. It says, Speaker of the House, I title it, Pelosi comes out swinging. Republican senators have endless tolerance for the suffering of others. And I I said, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi did not mince her words. Most importantly, she necessarily assigned blame and pointed out the immorality of GOP senators. Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi did something that progressives and Democrats need to do more frequently. Point out the immorality inherent to their current position. When ideology is inhumane, it is really a bankrupted religion. Pelosi points out that Mitch McConnell and Republican senators are preventing the $2,000 crumb that Americans need. She, she said they are in denial by denying the needs of Americans. The truth is they are not in denial. They are unempathetic beings who in their wealth fail to see the dire straits a large percentage of Americans are in. I have said before, Pelosi said, it is amazing to see the patience that some people have with other people's suffering. These Republicans in the Senate seem to have an endless tolerance for other people's sadness. That is a piercing statement that should be repeated over and over again. Over and over again. And it's amazing to see the patience that some people have with other people's suffering. These Republicans in the Senate seem to have an endless tolerance for other people's sadness. This is piercing statement. Americans are in food lines. Americans are unable to go to their doctors. They are unable to pay their rents and mortgages for no fault of their own. That is the purpose of government. When business is in trouble, Republican senators are always ready to spend, create new money to make them whole. When the defense industrial complex orchestrates a war, there is unlimited money to go around, waste, and enrich a few. Yet, yet, when humans... When Americans need support due to circumstances of the making of others, they are expected to beg. It is time for a change. Listen to the Speaker of the House. While she's not as progressive as we would like her to be, she is playing it right in this instance. Now, I thought that was all good, right? I mean, yeah, Nancy Pelosi went out, she did her thing. And, you know, on all these sites, you have a lot of people commenting. And there's this one person who commented, 
And I wish I would get him on. I wish he would be listening now and he could call into the show. But he said, he's, he wrote a note under the, 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 that article, right? And he says, once again, Pelosi and company have been unable to present a winning message. The fact is that a great majority of Americans have not lost any substantial income. Anybody in retirement has not lost a penny. 80% of those in the workforce have not lost much, if any. In a world that is already charged with socialism, demagoguery, a free $2,000 for everybody is a lousy message to be pushing. By the way, this is from a liberal Democrat on Daily Coast, the most liberal blog site. I'm a, I'm, I'm a contributing editor there. The most liberal site. When we talk about establishment Democrats and the danger that they present to all Americans and why a lot of times we can't win, this is one of the classic examples. You know why Donald Trump brought in a whole lot of people in Ohio and otherwise? He was lying to them through their teeth, but he told them, I am going to support you by giving you this, this, and that. He lied. Democrats don't lie, but they don't even go many times. I'm, not, I'm talking about these these are uh, centrist Democrats. They go, oh, uh, we can't really do that. That is, uh, uh, that is, they take all the Republican talking points. So many times during the, the, the Democratic primary, too many Democrats were carrying the Republican talking points. And the Republican talking points are nothing but Powell Manifesto generated lies, think tank built lies that have a plausibility of truth. Continuing, he said, instead, we should be pushing even harder for support for many millions who have suffered a big financial loss. I don't need $2,000 hand. Uh, listen to how he puts it. I don't need a $2,000 handout. This is a liberal Democrat at Daily Coast saying, using Republican words, I don't need a $2,000 handout. Did he call the $1.5 trillion that went to corporations that $1.5 trillion handout? I doubt it. So what I'm saying is how the messaging has permeated even the, the, a, a sect within the Democratic Party so much so that they, they make Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bonham and all these guys look like they're some sort of a wackos, like they are so out to the left. They're not to the left. They're what, we're, what people need. Instead, we should be pushing even harder for sub support for many millions who have suffered big losses. I don't need a $2,000 handout. I'm on Social Security and have the same savings I've always had. The people who need the help are small business owners, restaurant workers, workers in the entertainment industry, and many more like that. By choosing to just turn it into $2,000 free for all, we have lost the moral authority to push help where it is really needed. Unfortunately, he wasn't listening to... One of, his, one of his centrist Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, she explained, this: if you have your business and we support your business, it ain't all that good if people don't feel they have the money to spend in your business. So in effect, the $2,000 serve as a catalyst. What is a catalyst? Something that speeds up the circulation of the money to move to these businesses, which then puts them to work on their own after being primed. Not too difficult a concept at all. Not a very difficult concept at all. In fact, we talk about that in my book, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. But check this out. I answered. Unfortunately, this is my answer to him. Unfortunately, I think you missed the point completely. I think you have fallen for the Republican thinking. I want every middle class and poor American the money. It normalizes an economic injustice perpetrated since Ronald Reagan and through every downturn where big corporations progressively get more market share from the demise of the smaller businesses. Let me stop there. What do I mean by that? Amazon is making a killing. Why? Because people that would have gone around the corner to their store to get a few things they can't go anymore that store is going out of business walmart has picked up a new stream of income 
through these new businesses, they will never give that back up because Americans, after those businesses close, they're going to be going back to shop at Amazon, at Amazon, at Amazon, at Amazon, at Amazon. Right? That is going to happen. Um, then the restaurants, the, the small mom and pop restaurants around the corner, that nice Italian pizza place that you love, that nice Greek place that you love that had to close because the government told them that in order to slow down the spread of this virus, we need to close you instead of keeping and making them whole. We were supposed to stop the economy then. When we told people to stay home, we should pay them to stay home. When we told restaurants to close, we should take their last ledger and pay them to stay closed. Where is the money going to come from? We create the money. You cannot have inflation or runaway inflation unless you've got demand that outstrips the supply of whatever you want to produce. It's an it's a, it's a economic fact, right? But they don't want you to know that. Because anytime downturns like this occur, the big businesses see it as an opportunity to get the market share from the businesses that were destruct, destroyed because they didn't have the wherewithal to survive the calamity. And in dying, all the business that otherwise went to them now goes to Amazon, now goes to uh, all the big box stores. And who loses in the long run? We do because we get all these monopolies out there. And then for all of those small businesses who sell through Amazon, I used to sell some of my, my stuff through Amazon as well. Amazon is an animal in the way they take your profit. They take your profit, a big chunk of your profit. So it's important for you guys to understand what is going on here, what is really going on here. Anyhow, I then told him, Capitalism is mathematically unsustainable and redistribution of ill-gotten gains from those who have capital that, that's derived from the intellect of others is essential. We have to redistribute that what the some of what that the capitalist makes because, first of all, there's nothing about, you know, some people say, you're going to steal what he earned. He didn't earn it. Bill Gates have a lot of billions of dollars and so does Jeff Bezos and all these guys. We created an economic system that allowed them to monopolize on the intellect of others because they had capital. Let's understand that. It's a different way of thinking. It's a correct way of thinking because if you believe if I work, I should be paid. And if you believe if I produce and invent something, I should be paid for what I created and invented. Then, yes, uh, Bridge, I am. I am. A, I'm also an editor at uh, the the Daily Coast, and I wrote an article. And what I did is I read a part of the article, and I was reading pieces of, of a discussion that I was having with somebody, uh, with a supposedly liberal that disagreed with what we had to say. Okay, let me continue what I told him. Then I said, capitalism is mathematically unsustainable, and redistribution of gotten gains from those who have capital derived from the intellect of others is essential, and it's absolutely true. You create something. And for a company, right? You get paid once. That company then goes ahead and it remanufactures and it, it makes a whole lot of money because they have the capital to do that. And then their shareholders and their bonuses are the ones who make the money off of what? Your intellect. That is how capitalism works. Capitalism is all about capital. You remember yesterday when I was talking about slavery? I said slavery was not efficient enough for the master. The master needed everybody as slaves, but they couldn't call everybody slaves. They had to call everybody employees because the slaves, they had to clothe. And I'm repeating this, but we have new people that haven't heard this. We had to clothe the slaves. We had to keep the slaves healthy. We had to feed the slaves. We had to do all those things. Those were costs on the bottom line. You have an employee, you pay the employee, that employee gets six, you throw them away. You throw them away. And you get another one. Capitalism is the best form of antiseptic slavery. But they had to enchain your brain for you to not understand it. So they got the, all these foundations that teach you how the world got great because of capitalism. And they show you all the skyscrapers in Houston. Skyscrapers that... 
you built, but most of, the, most of you can't go into them. You built these skyscrapers for other capitalists that you could never go into. There is a sect in America, a 10% sect that lived the spoils. The 1%, the, 10, the 9% protects the, the 1%, and then the next bottom 20% are the guardians of the gate. And everybody else is living on borrowed time. And this is not, this, you know what's so funny about it? I used to say this decades ago. And people are like, Berta, you don't know what you're talking about. In fact, a decade ago, that's why I wrote the book, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. I was talking about all of this. And people said, no, no, capitalism is not mathematically unsound. No, no, if a, a, a rising tide lifts all boats, it does not. And it's mathematically a reason why it does not. If I, am grow- if I have an economy growing at 3% and the rich people growing at 7%, that extra growth comes out of what we, the people, make. And when we were saying that decades ago, people were, ah, oh, no, no, it's all growing, it's all fine. Until they started to see, the, uh, until Reagan came and made it more profound by eliminating complete redistribution, right? And then we saw the mathematical failure of capitalism. And that is, people keep falling off the edge. And, event- and, you know, it is funny because this racial stuff that we have now is just a stopgap measure. In other words, it's just the capitalists trying to tell the, the white people that are now falling off the edge that we're doing just fine first. Because, remember, we had to eat everybody first. We had to eat. We could eat the Mexican. We could eat the black person. We could eat the Chinese. We could eat all these people. As long as they are getting eaten and the majority, white majority, is doing fine, except for Appalachia, but we can hide Appalachia in those mountains. We hide those people in those mountains. They don't make the news. All the crap that goes on in Appalachia, that also goes on in the ghettos and the barrios, we don't hear about it all that much, except for this pandemic that's hitting them with the the, the, uh, opioid epidemic. It's an opioid epidemic, but when it was crack, it was a law and order thing. But that's another story. So it's important for us to understand, right, that that when what happened in capitalism now and the reason we're having these turmoils in our communities right now is that the capitalist has found out, oh, my God, we've taken all we can from all those others. So we have to now eat the, our own. So we're now eating white people. And how can we continue to eat white people without them re- finally seeing the truth that we are there getting them? The way they do it is they then say, you see them other people? The reason you are not doing well is because of those other people. Not because of the capitalist system, but because of those other people. They're the ones why your wages aren't going up. They're the ones that living on the dole. They're the one. The funny thing about it is all these people are paying next to nothing in taxes. So it's not like Anybody living on the dole, they're paying for. The, the multi-billionaires are making so much money, they're paying most of the taxes. But most of the taxes that they're paying is such a small portion of their income anyway. That is how rich they are. Americans don't have a clue how rich capitalists really are because nobody talks about it. Because if you saw how obscene it was, and remember, that wealth was not what they created. That wealth was created by you. They just have a system to take it most. I was going to say take it all, but that would be a lie. They just have a system to take it most. And that is what you have to understand. Redistribution is the only thing that could save some sort of capitalism. Some sort of it. But Capitalism by design is unsustainable. It is corrosive. It takes, it takes, it takes. It try, you know, I mean, uh, look up more, more, uh, Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman and the Chicago Boys. Milton Friedman says corporations have no duty. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, 
Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. To anyone else but their shareholders, your fiduciary responsibility is solely to the shareholder and the directors of the company are employees of the shareholders. And as such, they have no business going into social issues or anything. They must do whatever it takes to maximize profits for the shareholders. And then they define capitalism as the efficient usage of res- efficient allocation of resources. How can resources be efficiently allocated in a multi-payer healthcare system? How is that efficient? That is the lie that they tell you and they hope you believe. How can having a da- every insurance company having a database of people so they have to have their own engineers? How can a healthcare system where has to have a, a, a doctor within that system has to call 20 different insurance companies? How can that possibly be more efficient? That's how capitalism is defined. The efficient allocation of resources. Brothers and sisters, we have been snowed for so long. That is why we have programs like this with the expectation that as you hear some of this, as we talk a lot of this together, that you don't only talk to it among us, but that as you're talking to your friends, you find a way to reach your friends. You find a way that you can talk to your friends in such a manner, in a polite manner, in such a manner that they understand what you're saying, that they believe what you're saying because they have faith in you, because they trust you. But you have to be the messenger, not me. They don't trust me. You trust me. They trust you. And you can create, you can be the fishers of people. This is not going to happen on the national level. This is going to happen on the grassroots level with you teaching these folks in a very pleasant, respectful manner the truth. And that is the truth. And, And the thing about it is this. I don't have to color anything that I'm saying. I don't need to color anything that I'm saying here because it is something that people understand right away once explained. Once it is explained, people understand it immediately. So, oh my God, how comes I created, I mean, I created a program that, real quick, quick, a a program that uh, Boeing and all these other guys use. It dropped something called an RTS signal using a chip that wasn't supposed to do that under Windows and other operating systems. I figured out a way to do it, and it's it's a kind of an interesting technical way to do it. And I was the only company that did it because I invented the way to do it. So I could charge anything for that product, price and power, until I started to realize, oh, my God, I am doing all the things that I am completely against. I got price and power, and I could charge Boeing whatever I wanted, NASA whatever I wanted for that thing. And it was like, damn. Damn, it's so easy. This stuff is corrosive. This stuff is corrosive. But anyhow, let me continue with what I was telling the, um, telling the, the, the guy in the thing. So I said, no, Nancy Pelosi's message was a winning message. I could put the mathematical, unethical, and immoral attributes that those who oppose it at any time. In other words, if you want to have an honest discussion with me about whether Nancy Pelosi was right or wrong, we can have a, a, a discussion and we can have it morally on moral grounds, we can have it on ethical grounds, and we can have it on mathematical grounds. Because the Republicans on that case will lose on every single ground, on every single one. So when he re- here's a reply. You can go check it out, check the link out. But his reply was, you know, he kind of acquiesced to some of it, but said we're being dishonest by just using the $2,000 as opposed to telling what the whole story really is. You know, by telling what the real story is. Anyway, another guy says, talk about losing your moral compass. 80% of those in workforce have not lost much. 
as a retired person too, I find your statement obscene and ridiculous. That's a liberal talking to me. That's a liberal at the most liberal site talking to me. And then, so I answered him. I said, short-sighted. 80% of those who worked at wages suppressed by Reaganomics have not lost their plutocratically suppressed wages. So they should, uh, uh, rather, have not lost their plutocratically suppressed wages, so they should stay in their station instead of using the opportunity as Amazon and others are doing to claim, to claim, to claim some of what was taken from them, right? And that is the thing. We are so, our minds are so enslaved that we just take it. In other words, this guy is saying, look, uh, after the pandemic hit, 80% of people still kept their same salary, still kept their same, I mean, they still got paid, 80% of the people. I don't know if it's quite that much, but let's say it's right. That 80% have been losing money over the years as inflation has eaten their, 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 their money. They've increased productivity in this country, and the only people who have taken advantage of this country's productivity are the shareholders. And why is that again? Because of what? Milton Friedman said, the sole responsibility of corporations is to the shareholders, no one else. No one else. So even though the employee is a stakeholder, the consumer is a stakeholder, the customer is a stakeholder, but no, no. Milton Friedman says the only people that matter is the shareholder. Look it up. It's 1970 writings. You can find it at Wikipedia. What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to write an article on that one because um, a lot of people don't believe it when I, when, I, when I talk about the corrosive nature and the evil nature of capitalism and that it's nothing more than antiseptic slavery. People think, oh my God, you're just so... And I said, no. The reason it's antiseptic is that it looks so nice. You go to, you go to work in a suit and a tie. The managers go to work in a suit and a tie. They're the ones we call controlling the gates. They make good enough money to not want to change. But it's the people under, the people that live in Appalachia, the people that live in the barrios, the people that live in the ghettos, the people that are, that, that are struggling every day. That's who I work for. That's who I'm doing this stuff for. That's what I'm doing. So, folks... Uh, so let, let's, let's talk about that breach. It's very important what you said because that is a magic that they use to try to make it seem like when I say things like uh, the shareholders, that it somehow affect those people who own stock. The vast majority of Americans own such little stock. 90%, and it's somewhere around this, I may be off a little bit, but 90% of the stock market value is owned by 1% or 10%. I don't remember of the people. People own so little of the stock market, you would not imagine. And those peanuts that they're giving you as a stock option, right, is simply what they're not giving you as an employee. So let me give an example. Let's say they were paying you what you were worth, and they were, they were indexing your salary with inflation and productivity of corporations. In other words... Americans became a lot more productive over the last 30 years, and the inflation rate, if they also index your salary to inflation, you would have gotten paid more money. You could have bought your own stock if you wanted to, and you would have, been, you would have owned more stock. You would have owned more stock than the stock options they're giving you. Remember, corporations only do what is right for them. When they're giving you stock options, it's not because they are making you a part-time owner of the company. They are doing the least, the thing that upsets their bottom line the least. Stock option is no favor. Stock option is a matter of not paying you what you're worth. They're paying you less than what you're worth with stock options. Ask them to pay you what you're worth and you can buy your own stock. If they pay you what you're worth, you can go online and buy your own stock and you will make more money and you'll be immediately vested in the stock that you bought. Unlike stock options, that is also a matter of chaining you to the corporations because it takes time before you're vested. Again, they win. Always. Understand what Milton Friedman said. Understand what Milton Friedman said. It's all about the stockholder. It's all about the corporation. When we get those things in the back of our heads, folks, we cannot be snowed, and then we, can, we, we begin to fight for what is ours. That $2,000 is peanuts. Peanuts. 
We need much more to get back to what was stolen from us. Stolen from us. Now, okay, let's talk. Maybe they are getting there. Okay, let's talk about paying their employees with benefits. No, 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 no. These are the same companies fighting against Medicare for All. When you get paid benefits, uh, they, they've done studies on this. When the, empl- when the employer pays benefits, they take it out of the reduction in salary that they want to pay you. So good. We pay you benefits, but if we hadn't paid those benefits, we'd have had a little bit more salary to pay you. And why is it that they like to pay benefits? Let me tell you why. Let's say they figure out that their employee base is fairly young. Like at Costco, you may have X amount of young people or whatever. They may do their analysis that says, if we gave everybody a 10% raise that, that they should get to normalize things, it'll cost us X amount of million dollars. But if we go ahead and give them better health care, go ahead and cover their health care, it costs us X amount of money. Less. So we give them the health care. Again, A company is doing nothing for you personally. They're doing everything to keep keep you enough satisfied to stay with them and at the same time minimize the cost to them so that the executives would get larger, uh, larger bonuses and the shareholders would get larger profits. It is, it is such an obscene thing. If you really want to be, to, to do it right, right? What we do is we support all these little companies, right? Support all the little companies and, and we go ahead and do all these good things. That is what we need to do, right? Support all the little companies. That is the people who need it. And you know what? Those little companies can't afford to give people health care. You know, when I had Willie's Computer Software Company, I worked, I mean, just like I'm working now, 16 hours a day. And somebody said, hey, you're making good money. Why don't you hire somebody? And I said, because I don't have what it takes right now to give them the kind of benefits that I want to give. And if I can't give that, it's not, in my opinion, it's not right. That's it. It's that simple. But anyhow, we're getting close to the end of the program. Let me see. Uh, welcome aboard, Natalie Shayson. Welcome over, Bridge MCP, Robert Reed, uh, Paul Fleming, Daniel Ledeau, uh, BLM Matters. Eric, hey, Eric, how you doing, Eric? Great to see you here, buddy. Kathy Pascal, thank, hey, by the way, I have a, a thank you out for you, Kathy. Uh, let's see, uh, who else is here? Who else is here? I got Daniel, I got Norman Reynolds, welcome aboard. Uh, who else is here? If I miss you, please, uh, Teresa Morrison, welcome aboard. Uh, Linda E., welcome aboard. Uh, who else is here? If I miss you, please just drop me a line at the bottom and I'll recall. I'm going to scroll back down to the bottom. Motaz Hayek, well, Hayek welcome aboard. Uh, and I think you said you're in Georgia. Welcome aboard. Uh, Michael Smith, welcome aboard. Look, guys, it's great having all of you here. Brian Miner, welcome aboard. Great to see you here. Look, uh, Bridge says, yeah, no. As I said before, when I worked uh, PT at Madison Square Garden, I got full benefits and made decent money. Then came Reagan. And you know what's interesting? I'm glad you said that. Americans were becoming very smart. Unions were becoming very active. We were starting to say, we are going to take our side, our piece of the pie. Uh, when did all of this start going down the drain? Yeah, it, it, uh, Donald Trump, I mean, not Donald Trump, uh, Ronald Reagan did it like a switch. But it started with the Powell Manifesto. And uh, you know what I better do? Let me, let me go ahead and... Uh, I wrote up about the Powell Manifesto at my website. And what I want to do is send it, put it in the, in, the, in the feed right there. And I want you guys to share this, please, my brothers and my sisters. I wrote a piece, uh, the Powell, also known as the Powell Manifesto. This is an article that covers the Powell Manifesto. I'm going to put it in the feed right now. Uh, here it is. This is it right there. That's the article that I wrote a few years ago. Twenty, ah, Wow, seven years ago. That's a long one. That is a poem manifesto. I kind of recopied it from where it started. And that is, that is a whole thing right there. That, that is an actual document, Paul manifesto document, that I recopied into my blog. Uh, check that out. Read it in its entirety. It's kind of, a lot of people read it and say, did you really get that out of it, Egberto? And I'm like, 
here. Check that out. Check that out. Check that out. Check that out. Ben H. Harworth, welcome aboard. And I think I called out Brian Miner already. Anyhow, folks, uh, let's see if there's anything else I need to get real quick. What is your opinion of companies having social sustainability projects and reporting now in this? I love that, Eric. I like when any corporation that has some sort of a social, social ethic to it, of course I support that corporation. Absolutely. But, again, Milton Friedman says that is not necessary. Or it, in fact, Milton Friedman says that is illegal. Eric Hayes also said, fundamentally, we all be taxed for what is coming to support all this. No, 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 no. Redistribution does not require tax in the middle class at all. In fact, it is against, redistribution is against tax in the middle class. Redistribution is for the ill-gotten gains of the plutocrats who got it on your back. That is what redistribution is about. And a lot of people don't get it, but that's what it's all about. Uh, okay, I think that's about it. But anyway, folks, my name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it. Because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.